which Denver Broncos second-year players will have the biggest impact on the team this upcoming season. We take a look back at the 2022 NFL draft class and maybe see where guys fit in Sean Payton's team this upcoming season. You get that and much more on today's brand-new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome into a brand new episode of Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in and making Locked On Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. Shout out to all the everydayers out there as well. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast so you never miss out on what's going on with the Denver Broncos. Short, sweet, to the point you get to hear locked on Broncos. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter from Mile High Sports, joined alongside, as always, by my co-host and good friend, Sarah Bettinger. He's the site expert over there, predominantlyorange.com. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the NFL, make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. Sarah, as we are patiently and anxiously awaiting for the Broncos to announce when training camp is officially set to happen for them at the Centura Training Center, we're going through a buildup of storylines and topics and maybe not a lot of people are diving deep into. We've taken a look at rookies that we expect to have a big impact. We've taken a look at what you know some of the expectations for the offense and some players maybe nobody's talking about that maybe could play a role, but we're shifting gears here this week as we take a look here at second-year players. Obviously, for the Broncos and George Payton in 2022, the NFL draft was very interesting, not having a first or a second-round pick, but having a late-end pick that they got and that, and that Von Miller trade initially with the L.A. Rams which led to Nick Benito. We'll talk about him. But ultimately, the one guy who starred and really shined the most, for I'd say for the most part, out of any Broncos rookie from 2022, and that was Greg Dulcich. So let's talk about him to open up today's episode of the show. And can he emerge as maybe one of the top playmakers at the tight end position in the NFL Let's dive deep into this discussion here. Well, Cody, we might need to have Greg Dulcich, as glorious as his head of hair is, he might need to show up at training camp with some green locks, some green locks, paint his face white, get the red lipstick and all that going on and ask everybody, why so serious? Because John Payton's saying this guy could be the joker in the Denver Broncos offense, right? I mean, he is this mismatch in the passing game. We saw it pretty much or heard about it, at least you saw it. Right away, when he got to the team last year at rookie minicamp, OTAs, all these things, he's making headlines. It's it's all about the Greg Dulcich hype train. Then all of a sudden, he he suffers an injury, puts him out through, what, the first five weeks of the season. He comes out in week six against the Chargers on Monday Night Football. Just immediately, immediate impact, immediate jolt to the offense. Looked outstanding in that first half against the Chargers. And like you said, he played really well in those 10 games that he got last year, but Injuries, injuries, injuries. Just the story of the 2022 season, really one of the main ones for the Broncos. But now Sean Payton is revving up that freight train again. He's revving up the hype train for Greg Dulcich and saying he could be this joker, which is a role that hasn't always been a tight end in Sean Payton's offense. But look, I'm here for it. I know you are, Cody. It's going to be exciting to see what Dulcich can do in year two. But you kind of get the feeling of all the year two players on the Broncos roster. And it was a big class last year. It seems like Dulcich is shaping up to be the most impactful. 
Well, and that's the hope, right? Can he be just this dynamic playmaking option that's not really at the wide receiver position or the running back position or heck, even quarterback that gives you maybe an advantage some other teams don't have? And I think that's where Sean Payton, that's what I'm excited about seeing with him as the coach there because he understands that, hey, not every tight end is meant to just fit into the prototypical, you're a tight end, you must be able to do this. It's about, hey, okay, you play the tight end position, but you have this size, you have this speed. Let's see what we do here. We can put you in the slot, put you on the outside. Well, let's use you as an offset wing. Let's bring you back underneath the formations. Let's get you involved in the screen game, potentially. These are all things that that Joker role would typically entail here for Sean Payton. And so for me, I look at that and I think, okay, having a guy who can play that type of positional flex that has the versatility to do a lot of different things, it allows you to open up and maximize your personnel on the offensive side of the ball. Now, you go back to probably one of the more important points of this whole conversation here, and that is health. And so far throughout OTAs and minicamp, Greg Dulcich made it through fully healthy and didn't have any type of injuries or setbacks. So that is a great sign. And maybe it's the change in the Broncos' strength and conditioning program, their emphasis obviously with uh, with Bo Lowry coming in there. I think that's important for them to kind of put things into perspective here. Now, I think for Dulcich, I, the question we have is, Hey, like, how can he continue to grow and elevate? What is an area of his game where he can improve? Sarah, you, you nailed it. In the games that we saw him play, it's just any time that the Broncos offense needed something and, you know, as ugly as the offense was at times, Greg Dulcich made things fun to watch, right? Whether he was catching a pass across the middle of the field, he was catching things vertically up the seam against the Jacksonville Jaguars, really going off there. We thought to ourselves, like, hey, this is a guy, he's not your typical tight end. This is a guy who... We hate to make this comparison, right? But if you had to compare like the way that he plays, not maybe at the level that this guy currently plays at, though, but he is a Travis Kelsey type of player. Not as big as Kelsey, but moves like Kelsey. And you maybe make an argument, it might be a little bit faster than Kelsey here, but Kelsey obviously has that stature and that respect, and rightfully so, he's earned it. But in terms of a comparison in today's NFL, I feel like, hey, that probably is the best comparison you can make in terms of the type of player that he is. And it would be even better if somehow the Broncos can find a way to get Dulcich to match that production that you do see when you play a team like the Kansas City Chiefs, who we are always sitting here on these shows when we do our crossovers with Lockdown Chiefs, we're always talking about who's going to stop Travis Kelsey because this is a guy who's always finding ways to get open. Greg Dulcich hopefully can be that guy here in Sean Payton's offense this upcoming season. It's kind of like you talk about when you're sitting there just watching the games against the Chiefs or watching the Chiefs play really anybody else. You're always just asking, like, how the heck is Travis Kelly? How is he always wide open? And we talked about that last year with Greg Dulcich really being that guy that's like when you're watching the Broncos or when your team is facing the Broncos, you want, as Broncos fans, you want the other team and their fans to be asking, why the heck is Greg Dulcich always wide open? Why is he always, why is nobody covering this guy? We want other teams to be wondering why their linebackers can't cover tight ends for a change, Cody. Enough about the Broncos not being able to cover tight ends. We need to just get a tight end that teams can't cover so we don't have to worry about that anymore. So Greg Dulcich is that guy. He is that mismatch in the passing game. He has speed. He has strong hands. He has vision after the catch. And he's a playmaker, right? I think that's really the great thing about him is a lot of tight ends, you know, they're kind of they're, they're big bodies and they're imposing physically, but they're a lot of them are just kind of like plotters out there. It's not like, you know, even the guys, some of them who run in the low four fives, four sixes, no they, just, they don't play as fast. Yeah, no offense. They just it, some of them, they don't they don't play quite as fast as you would hope. Greg Dulcich is a guy that plays game 
fast and he's quick. He, he's, he, he, you don't get a lot of guys that size that are quick, able to kind of change directions quickly or get upfield quickly. He can do that, which is why I think Sean Payton is speaking so highly of him. He can do a lot of different things that they, I think this offense, Cody, I'm not out at the practices. I know you can't say my guess would be that they want to get the ball out quickly this season, like Russell Wilson, you get the ball out quickly and you've got guys that can do that. Greg Dulcich may be one of your best in that regard. So get the ball to this guy quickly. I think he's going to have a big year. So if you're a fantasy player prepping for your fantasy draft here pretty soon, I would say Greg Dulcich should be a high priority at this position, maybe a sleeper for your fantasy team. I would second that in terms of, you know, just things that I know. I, I think adding Greg Dulcich to your fantasy lineup would be fantastic. And you can always check out, folks, as well, the Locked On Fantasy Football podcast. As the seasons get closer, as your drafts come up, they also have you covered. We're going to continue our conversation on today's episode of the show, however, talking about some of the second-year players from the 2022 NFL draft class and maybe seeing can they continue to rise or who needs to step up. We'll dive deeper into that conversation. You'll get that on today's episode of the show. This episode, Locked On Broncos, is brought to you by our friends over there. FanDuel Sportsbook and baseball season is in full swing, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because right now new customers, they get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to join here today. And if you want some Denver Broncos-related props or future prop bets at FanDuel, here's what you can get. Russell Wilson right now is tied for the seventh best odds right now, according to FanDuel Sportsbook, to win comeback player of the year. If you feel like Russ can really turn in a really big performance Maybe that's something you want to put some action on there. Also, the Broncos have the 12th best odds to win the entire AFC this upcoming season. If they start rattling off wins early on the season, does that change in terms of the optics? FanDuel Sportsbook has you covered every step of the way with all the action here today. So don't miss your chance to snag a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Two second-year Denver Broncos defensive players needing to step up in a big, big way this coming season, especially, Cody, I would say one of these guys in particular after the injury news with Baron Browning potentially starting the season on the PUP. Let's talk a little bit about Nick Benito, last year's top pick, and Damari Mathis, one of the team's top four picks last year, uh, a fourth-rounder out of Pittsburgh who started 14 games this is a pair of defensive players that, that feels like they're on very different trajectories right now. It feels like maybe Nick Benito is trending towards, uh, is he going to be just a rotational guy right now? We're not really talking about him as a starter, whereas Damari Mathis, we're talking about him as a potential ascending stud at the cornerback position, almost putting his name in Sharpie there at the cornerback position opposite Pat Sertan. Let's start with Nick Benito. What is the the beat on him right now as far as especially after, you know, Baron Browning's injury, bringing in Frank Clark? What is the role that we maybe could see for him in 2023? Well, I can tell you this right now. I, I know a lot of Broncos fans want them to go bring in another edge rusher. I know you would like that as well. But I mean, right now, the guys that they have that position, they have Randy Gregory. They have Jonathan Cooper, who we've talked about and raved on the show, has had probably one of the best off seasons that we've seen. And then Cortland Sutton on the offensive side of the ball is another guy there. We've talked about that in some previous episodes of the show. But you look at that, you have two undrafted guys, one in Marcus Haynes and one in Incum, who is those guys, I think, had a very, very impressive performance there. And then you look at Benito, you look at Christopher Allen, who was an undrafted guy last year, redshirted due to injury. 
And I think that a lot of people are looking at maybe the Broncos edge rusher situation and they're saying, okay, hey, with the Baron Browning injury that he has, why can't Nick Benito step up and be the guy who starts opposite of Randy Gregory? And and to be honest with you, I think that uh, his draft status and where he was taken, sir, ultimately in the eyes of many fans, I think that's going to be used against him. But I, I know that you and I have talked about this on the show so many times. I think it's important, folks. It's It doesn't necessarily matter where a guy goes in the draft that determines, okay, hey, what is the perspective on him? And look, Nick Benito was a late round two pick. And a lot, I think a lot of people viewed him as like a first round pick because of the fact that it was the first pick that the Broncos made in the 2022 NFL draft. Benito is in a developmental phase right now where I think he needs to be, right? And I think last year, he didn't get a lot of playing time on the defensive side of the ball. He played some special teams, but he's going to have to play more special teams this year, Sarah. And then he's also going to have to make the most of the reps that he gets in training camp and in the preseason at the outside linebacker position to really kind of solidify, hey, is this going to be a guy who's going to be used in our main rotation? And I think we've also discussed this as well. I feel like one of the things that really has impacted maybe the perception of Benito differently was how he played at Oklahoma, right? He was kind of a positionless player. They moved him all over the field because he's athletic and he has the ability to do that. But in the NFL, it just simply hasn't translated to what he was able to do at the college level. doesn't mean he's never going to be able to get there. But Benito, he's going to have to beat out some guys at the edge rusher position to really solidify that, hey, he is a guy who should be in serious consideration for a rotational role coming off the bench defensively this year. And hey, if a starter goes down, you have comfort that he can maybe step in and start. These are things we want to see answered during training camp. And I think last year, the fact that really there were injuries at the position, like you've mentioned this before, and it really opened my eyes because I hadn't even really thought about it this way, but you have injuries at the edge position and still he wasn't getting the reps. Doesn't necessarily bode well, I would say. Just to, I don't want to, pour cold water on a potential breakout year for him. We'd love to see that. We'd love to see him go out there and play a bunch and get and rack up sacks and TFLs and things like that. So I, I, I hope Nick Benito goes out and has a big training camp and big preseason. Like the Broncos really need that. Even if, even if their plan for him is to be in a rotation, they really need Nick Benito to come out there and show that he's improved in every facet that he can tri- contribute on game days beyond just being a rotational rusher like you mentioned, on special teams. So you want to have guys with that size, that speed, that athleticism, the the ability to impact the quarterback. You want to be able to have those guys dress for game days. And so uh, whatever he needs to do to get that swagger that we saw at Oklahoma, where he was one of the best pass rushers in college football, the Broncos need that. And they need Damari Mathis at the cornerback to step up, uh, to just be a tremendous option there. Because, you know, uh, Pat Sertan established superstar maybe the best corner in the nfl i would say that he is the best corner in the nfl the guy that's on the other side of the field now he's going to get picked on he's going to get thrown at a lot and damari mathis was kind of put through the fire last year i know you know there's there's a lot of projecting involved with a guy like this right especially when there's competition from behind but what is what's your thought on damari mathis Cody going into his second season we know he's got the physical tools we know he's athletic we know all that can he solidify himself as a legit NFL starting corner this season? If he can stay on the field, yeah. If he can stay healthy, that is the key here. And and look, that really hasn't been an issue for him so far in his NFL career. But once again, you have a new head coach coming into this situation. So for me, 
And I look at a lot of these guys that made the roster last year, really kind of on the back end, you're really wondering, and, and not saying that Damari, Damari was not even a back end guy last year. Damari was a guy who stood out in a big way in the preseason. We're like, hey, we like this guy. And then he stepped up in the regular season, kind of solidified like, hey, he, he can ball. and He knows it. And we know that he can ball. But for me, I also look at it. It's a new coaching staff, new head coach, which means that for a lot of these guys, they have to go out and they have to prove it all over again. And I would say for Damari Mathis, I thought he proved it last year, but he's going to have to go in and he's going to have to prove it to Sean Payton. He's going to have to prove it to Vance Joseph. I don't think he necessarily has anything to prove to Christian Parker. Christian Parker has talked about just how smart of a corner he is, how much of a technician he is. And even for Damari, he's, he's learned a lot even from Patrick Sertan. His rise, I would say, from that training camp practice where we first saw him get an interception on Brett Rippon. I mean, it was a highlight play, too. It's not like it was just a little bit of an easy throw, but he undercut a pass, and he jumped it. He stretched out for it, and we're like, okay, hey, this guy can play. Step in week two when Patrick Sertan has, like, the shoulder injury, and we were all worried, like, oh, no, he left the game. He's not coming back. Oh, they threw Damari Mathis in there, and Damari stepped up to the plate against Brandon Cooks, prevented a touchdown, had a couple of passes broken up there, and to me, I was like, okay, hey, this guy can step up and he can play. But then, you know, it, Sertan's back next week for uh, the San Francisco game and covers, shuts out Brandon Ayuk essentially when covering him. And then a couple weeks later, the Colts game, Ronald Darby goes down. Damari steps in and it's like, all right, hey, this is going to be a guy who gets tested a bit. And we saw that against the Chargers. They went after him. And even though he got called for four PIs, he also had a key pass breakup on fourth and one that gave them a chance to go and win the game. Unfortunately, we knew the offense was. Not in a very good position here for this Denver team. Damari went out and did. He had a almost, I think he had three or four near interceptions last year. You want to see him get his hands on the ball and actually generate some takeaways. But for the most part, he was tested and he, he came out on the other side of it. Now he's just got to go out there and he's just going to have to prove it again. I know as cliche as it sounds, but when you have a new coaching staff, that's where everything gets a little bit bigger. You've already proved it to one coaching staff. Can you prove it to a guy like Sean Payton who really values defensive back play in the NFL? And for a guy like Christian Parker, that that means that you're, hey, you, you you were retained by Sean Payton, right? For a reason. You were retained because of your ability to develop these young guys. And Damari Mathis is a guy that I think Christian Parker might be willing to stick his neck out for of what he did last year. So it's really trusting your coaches, trusting their ability to develop these guys and get the most out of them. Because like we talked about, I mean, Damari Mathis is a physical specimen and he's the ideal uh, height, weight, speed, vertical jump. He's got all the physical skills. And of course, that kind of thing really helped him in his rookie season. Like you said, even if you get beat a little bit, you've got the makeup speed and the explosiveness to be able to get back to the ball rather quickly. And now if you can combine that with good sound technique, he's going to be a top flight, top flight of the position, no doubt in my mind. And I love that the Broncos still brought in a guy like Riley Moss, to come in and push for a starting job within his first couple seasons because that's going to make Damari Mathis that much better. It's going to, th these guys are going to make each other better by competing, going and out Jaquan. there, having each other, and Jaquan McMillan as well. He's coming up to, so you got different, you got a guy like Damari Mathis, a fourth rounder, and then you got a guy like Riley Moss, he traded up for, and that, that whole mental game is like, okay, then you got Jaquan McMillan who was undrafted. And so you've got all, Different types of guys here competing for this spot and competing for snaps. I'll be fascinated to see what this means for the rest of the cornerback position, what the Broncos do with K1 Williams. But I love this the pairing of Damari Mathis and Pat Sertan. I would absolutely love it if that's the Broncos pairing for the foreseeable future. Broncos country, do you agree? Do you disagree? Let us know in the comments. If you're watching on YouTube, you can always tweet us on social media at Cody Work NFL. 
at Sarah Bettinger at Lockdown Broncos. If you're listening wherever you get your podcast, but the conversation continues on today's episode of Lockdown Broncos, where we look at the rest of the 2022 NFL draft class. You'll get that on today's episode of the show. Real quick, make sure you go check out the Locked On NFL podcast wherever you get your podcast, or it's also available in video format on YouTube as they circulate around some of the biggest stories and biggest topics around the NFL ahead of training camp, the local experts on the biggest stories. You get all the NFL action because for the true fan, there is never an offseason. Check it out today, the Locked On NFL podcast, wherever you get your podcast or on YouTube. Taking a look at the rest of the 2022 NFL draft class and maybe projecting and seeing where these guys stand as training camp approaches here in just probably four weeks at this time. No official date has been announced on when camp is. When that is the case, you'll get an episode. We'll break it all down here for you at Locked On Broncos. But for the rest of the 2022 NFL draft class, there are a lot of guys on this roster right now that you say, I think when we look at maybe their their status, if we had to look at the 53-man roster for 2023, I think for some guys, we'll put a question mark next to their name here. And and once again, I think it's important to note the context. Denver didn't have as much draft capital as they initially wanted prior to the draft starting. And because of the, the Von Miller trade, and that really impacted a lot of things because the Russell Wilson trade, that impacted a lot of what Denver maybe could have been able to do had they had a first and second round pick initially in that draft. So let's get to a, a one guy who was also taken pretty high, and that's Inyoma Uwazirike. We're going to look at a position here. You have Inyoma Uwazirike, and you have Matt Henningsen, who was drafted a little bit later on. Both played the same position, but Matt Henningsen played more as a rookie than Uwazirike did. And I think a lot of people look at that like, how come he didn't take the next step? And I think for a guy like Uwazirike, you look at his size, he stepped in late, and it's all about the impact you can you know, have when you do get in the game. And I would say in the times that we saw him on the field in the regular season were some flashes to him. And that's what you want to build off of, right? You want to build off of those flashes that you saw, but it has to translate. You have to continue to develop and you have to continue to carry that over in these situations. And with Marcus Dixon returning, it makes things interesting at defensive end right now between Henningsen and Wazirike. And there's some other guys here, but we're going to focus strictly on the 2022 NFL draft class. Yeah, and I think those two guys, their development, what the coaching staff and the front office look at as they watch the... I know there's only so much you can glean from OTAs and things like that as well, but you're projecting a little bit. You're looking at last year's tape. I'm going to be fascinated to see, does this front office go after a guy like Shelby Harris, who's training in Denver as far as I know, right? I think he trains with Matt McChesney or or at uh, Landau Performance, excuse me. I think he trains at Landau, so... I would Cody, I would be fascinated to see, will they go pick up a guy like Shelby Harris who is on the ready, could contribute right away, could play for you immediately, or are they going to bank on these young guys? Because if they go into training camp, they don't sign anybody. To me, it says they really are, are buying the future of Ioma Uwazirike and Matt Henningsen and believing that those guys can be in the rotation because right now you've got Zach Allen, DJ Jones, Mike Purcell. Those are your proven defensive lineman other than that those these other guys are wild cards they're they're not necessarily the joker of the defensive side like greg dulcich is on offense but they're wild cards they're they're they could potentially be something they could potentially not so i'll be fascinated to see as we get closer to camp what roster moves are made does any veteran get added that could impact this discussion well, now we transition to montreal washington drafted in the fifth round obviously an explosive return option and look, we look at the wide receiver depth right now for this team. They are loaded with a bunch of guys who 
have, I think, when you look at the projections, they have some pretty impressive projections if things carry over into training camp. Montreal Washington is a guy you and I have talked about here on the show that for him, we know that he has all the tools, all the traits to be a very good returner here in the NFL. But I think the biggest thing that we probably need to see from him in training camp and in the preseason is demonstrating that he can be an offensive weapon, right? You look at speed that Denver has here, KJ Handler, Marvin Mims, Montreal Washington has some speed to him. You look at Jalen Virgil. You need guys with speed in this offense because Denver has plenty of size, but do you have guys that can separate? Do you have guys that can maybe have an impact? And look, I know we saw uh, some chances. We almost saw Montreal Washington catch a touchdown against the Houston Texans in week four. Uh, unfortunately, it was a little bit out of bounds there. For me, Montreal's going to have to showcase, hey, I can play on offense. I can have an impact. I'm more than just a returner because when a room is as loaded as wide receiver is right now for Denver, you have to be able to play both ways in terms of that or else you're not really going to have much value to an NFL team when it comes to the evaluation process. And I think even on top of that as well, just make yourself uncuttable as a punt returner. I mean, really go yes. out there, make the plays you like you ones. did last year. Yes, you need to have somebody reliable back there. And last year, it was, uh, I think, a lot of just, I don't necessarily know, they, did they give him too much freedom? What was the real, the real issue back there? They were allowing him or he was taking the liberty of returning punts inside the five and doing things that he definitely should not have been doing back there. So I think you have to make yourself uncuttable as a punt returner in addition to going out there and proving, hey, I can make the team. I could be a deep threat. I could be somebody who moves the chains. I could be somebody you give the jet sweep or, you know, you want to do all these, whatever you want to do, I can do it for you. And he showed that a little bit last year. He showed he could do that in the preseason and training camp. And then even in that Texans game, like you mentioned, but it just... It, it, the the negative stuff started to creep up just like Loki started to creep into frame. If you're not watching on YouTube, you need to get to the YouTube page, subscribe and watch because we get appearances from Loki. We have appearances from Grogu, the child behind me. It's, it's all encompassing here. Marvel, Star Wars, Broncos, you get it all on this show. So Cody, that's where I'm at with Montreal, Washington. I feel like he absolutely has to be the best punt returner on the team if he's going to crack it as a wide receiver. It's going to be the most important thing he can do. And obviously, ball security, decision-making, those things factor into it. Let's go to another guy now here as well as we get toward the back end of today's episode, Locked On Broncos, and that is Luke Wattenberg. I mean, you look at the offensive line, training camp, the positions you always have the most depth at, offensive line, wide receiver, cornerback specifically, and that really kind of rounds things out for the most part in terms of the positions that have the most guys there. For Luke Wattenberg, it's very interesting, you know, considering obviously the addition of Kyle Fuller. Let me just say this. Okay, you have Lloyd Cushenberry, you have Alex Forsyth, who was drafted this year, and you also have Luke Wattenberg, who are really in contention right now to play center. So for me, you look at that. Wattenberg also demonstrated the ability to play some guard last year, and he continued to stack on that. Do you see him maybe as a depth option behind one of the starters at whether it be center or guard? And I think they uh, maybe expanded out even a little further. It's try him at tackle. He played tackle at Washington. He's got 34 inch arms. He was a, I believe at his position group, he was like a 9.5 something in the RAS department. So there's no reason. I, I don't think why not try him at tackle guard, get him opportunities, make, give him every opportunity to make this team because we've talked about this. You want to be as homegrown as possible. Let's get a homegrown roster and let's get these guys developing, moving forward. Zach Streif, what can you do with Luke Wattenberg? How can you help him be a valuable backup NFL offensive lineman, maybe even a future starter? I don't think that potential has gone anywhere. I think he could still be that and at any one of the five positions. So we'll see what they do with him here 
in the offseason. To round things out, let's talk about defensive backs here on today's episode of the show. Players we've already talked about, Delarian Turner, Yale, and then we'll mention a cornerback here in Fayon Hicks, who was a seventh rounder last year who initially got cut when roster cuts happened and was brought back onto the practice squad. When you look at cornerback and we talk about the guys that we have talked about, right? You're looking at Sertan, Damari, Riley Moss, Jaquan McMillan working his way up. It almost feels like this is a very, very crucial training camp ahead. And even undrafted rookie for agent Art Green. Got to talk about him. You look at a guy like Fayon Hicks and you look at where Delarian Turner Yell is. It seems like the status of maybe Hicks roster spot potential on this team in 2023 is kind of questionable. Whereas Delarian Turner Yell has made tremendous progress, even though he was one of the players we listed as with the most pressure on them to make the roster this season. But with J.L. Skinner missing time at OTAs due to whatever injury he was dealing with, Delarian Turner Yell is also a guy who's in position to make this roster as potentially the fourth or fifth safety here. And I think that would be exciting, right? You want to see these guys improve. You want to see these guys get better. He played quite a bit of special teams last year. Can he factor in, show some improvement defensively, right? He was drafted. Everybody's like, well, maybe this is the next Kareem Jackson, right? So show some of that ability to come up and make some hits at the line of scrimmage and really be physical out there. And for Fion Hicks, Cody, I think it's really a matter of was he a Christian Parker pick or was he an Azero Evero pick? I know there was a lot of talk at the time he was drafted. Uh, hey, we played in Jim Leonard's defense at Wisconsin. He must be technically sound, must be pretty good out there. And I'd love to see him show improvement as well. I'd love to be talking about on this show a couple months down the road here, like, wow, maybe we sold Fion Hicks a little short in OTAs and back in June. I'd love to be at that position with him. And, and right now, I just don't know with the, the players at the cornerback position, it's going to be tough to make that roster at that spot. Well, Broncos country, let us know your thoughts on what we discussed today surrounding the 2022 NFL draft class. Maybe projections as they enter their second year in the NFL. Make sure you comment on the YouTube video, like it, and interact with other members in Broncos country as well. For the algorithm, if you're listening wherever you get your podcasts, you mean the world to us. If you listen on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, if you'd leave us a five-star review, if you love Lockdown Broncos, tell us why you listen every day. And tell us if you're an everydayer out there, we'd love to hear it in the review section so we can give you a shout-out here on the show. That'll wrap up today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Hey, hopefully this week we'll find out when training camp will be officially announced here for this team. We'll have you covered with conversation going on with the Denver Broncos as well, including some mailbag stuff. So keep your eyes peeled on Twitter for a tweet prompting you to send in your Broncos questions. Sarah and myself, we'll dive deeper them this week on the Locked On Broncos podcast, wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube.